0: Now, um, I'm probably really only talking to a, a, a certain age of, of, uh, of person here, but does anyone here like Disney films? Right, excellent. Okay, yeah, okay. Disney films, okay, and Zephyr. Yeah, see, no, see, all ages. What's your favourite Disney film? Yeah. Lion King. Lion King. Yeah. Frozen. Yeah. Micaiah? Incredibles 2, Incredibles Okay. So, so my wife is a big Disney film fan, okay? And she, uh, she wants to buy Disney films and, and make us all sit and watch them, okay? <laughs> now that's the more difficult part, is sitting down and watching a Disney film and not falling asleep in a Disney film, okay? And uh, uh, I, I've one Disney film that I can just about stomach, okay? There's one Disney film I can just about stomach because I think it's really cool, okay? I think it's really cool, and, it, and it's this. Have any of you seen the film Big Hero 6? half, not many of you at all, okay? I'm gonna give the plot away, okay? I'm gonna give the plot away, okay? Big Hero 6 is one of my favorite Disney films. I can just about sit through it because it's quite techy, it's quite geeky, and it's all about uh, a healthcare assistant, okay? I'm really selling it now, aren't I? Healthcare assistant, okay? It's about this big bubbly kind of artificial healthcare assistant that pops out of a box, and he's here on tap anytime you want to come and help you. If you fall over, Out comes Baymax, the healthcare assistant, and he'll look after you. If you're upset, out pops Baymax. He's here to help you. Uh, Anything that's wrong, if you're in danger, out pops Baymax, and he's here to help you. And he'll stay with you for as long as needed until you say to him, I am satisfied. So he keeps asking this question. Are you satisfied with your healthcare? And he will not leave you until... You say, I am satisfied. And then he'll go back away and he'll leave you until you need him next. It's all about being satisfied. The currency of the world is all about being satisfied. Okay, that's that's how the world operates. You buy something and it's there for sale. And if it satisfies you, then more people buy this stuff. And that's how companies survive. It's all about being satisfied. You get reviews of products. Are you satisfied with this product? And then you get three-star reviews and four-star reviews and five-star reviews. I I recently read an article about uh, somebody who must have had a lot of time on his hands and he decided as a journalist that he would go to the cafe with the worst ratings in a certain city and go and see what it was really like. And you order the food. And he said at the end of the food and the reviews, it really had the right reputation of being the worst place ever, okay? People weren't satisfied and people were saying, we're not satisfied. And you can go on Facebook or you can go on uh, any sort of social media platform and you can hear about influences about people who follow and people who want to know and then they find one day they're, they're no longer satisfied and they unfollow and they they. Unfriend, and they decide that they don't want anything else to do with uh, this person or this celebrity. We live in this world where it's all about being satisfied. And Paul, here, when he writes to Timothy, is coming to the end of his ministry, he's come to the end of his life. He says in chapter 4, verse 6, as he's being poured out as a drink offering, the, the time of his departure has, has come. He's coming to the end of his life and he talks about how he is satisfied. We're just looking at these three phrases this morning I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Those three things he's saying, I, I'm satisfied. Uh, everything that God has, has given me in the Lord Jesus Christ, as he comes to the end of his life, he's, he's satisfied. And Timothy. The person he's writing to is younger, and he's reading this, and, and we wonder, well, how would, how would Timothy react as he's reading this? And it's the same question for us this morning. How are we going to react as we, we read this? Because you've got different people involved. You've got Paul, who's, who's coming to the end of his ministry. He's coming to the end of his life, and he's saying he's satisfied with everything God has done. And then we've got Timothy, who's younger, and he's probably not coming to the end of his life, and, and we wonder what his reactions going to be. And it's the same for us as, as Paul writes about the rewards he, that he's going to receive. As he's looking forward to meeting Jesus and he's talking about himself. He also describes all of us. There in verse 8. The righteous judge will award to me on that day and not only to me but to all. to Also to all who loved his appearing. He's writing to us as well. So here is... This morning and we're asking what's our reaction to to these three things I have fought the good fight I've finished the race I have kept the faith no, Paul's writing about what God has done in his life what about ourselves this morning how do we react when we find out what God is doing in other people's lives other Christians lives do we compare ourselves with with other Christians and, and look at other Christians and say, well, look at what God is doing in their life. I wish God was doing that in my life. Or, or sometimes we compare ourselves to other Christians and I say, well, I wish I was like them, but, but I, but, but I'm not. What conclusions are we to make from, from Paul who says, I fought the good fight. I've, I finished the race. I, I've kept the faith. What is our expectations of, of others or for ourselves? These are, these are big questions, aren't they? About how we feel, and they impact what we do. They impact our soul. When we read scripture and we hear it preached, and we, and we ask the question, well, what is God calling me to do? Here is a, a letter that Paul writes from older to younger, from Paul to Timothy. And as Christians, that's how we operate, isn't it? From older to younger, and there are those that have taught us, and then we teach others. And as we read about this, we're, we're we're not meant to compare. We're not meant to compare and, and, and find that actually we feel guilty and we think, well, we're not like him. Actually, we're to remember that this is God at work and Paul is thanking God for God's work of grace in his life. You see, there's a very fine line, isn't there, between guilt and grace. There's a very fine line, isn't there, between guilt and grace. And grace, and it's almost like a knife edge where you can we can tip over it, and you can easily go from the joy of being saved and and serving God to easily feeling ashamed about what I didn't do or what I what I should do. And as Paul comes to the end of his life, he's simply doing this, he's remembering that he is a work of grace. And he is reminding himself of the grace of God in in his life. And that's what we're here to do this morning, to remind ourselves that we are a work of grace and that God's grace is at work in us. He's saying this, I have fought the good fight and I'm going to carry on fighting until that day. I have finished the race and I'm still going to keep finishing the race until that day. I have kept the faith and will still keep the faith until that day. Paul, he says, he's, he's fought the good fight first. He's fought the good fight. Have you heard this phrase recently? When are we going back to normality? Have you all heard that? Yeah? When, when are we going to go back to normality? When are things going to get normal again? Listen, Paul was writing from prison and he was writing from prison, and yet in prison, he was in life's struggles, and yet he was saying, I have fought the good fight. He didn't write these letters and say, well, when am I next going to get out of prison, or when is life going to become back to normal? He's saying, no, no, in prison, in chains, it has served to advance the gospel. People here, the prison guard, are able to hear about Jesus Christ because I am in chains. He's not saying, when is life going to be normal? He's saying, this is the life that God has given to me. And I am fighting the good fight. And we'll keep on fighting it until. Just the very words, I fought the good fight. What, is it, what does it describe to you? It, life is a fight. It is a fight. It's not a walk in the park. It's a struggle. There are challenges. We, we live in a fallen world. We live in a fallen world where, where, where things don't work out as we'd like them to work out. I'm sure in your families, it doesn't quite work out as you'd like it to work out. I'm sure in workplaces, it doesn't work quite work out as you'd like it to work out. I'm sure with your health, it doesn't quite work out as you'd like it to work out. And for Paul, with gospel ministry, it didn't probably quite work out as he intended it to work out. And when God said to him and Jesus appeared to him and said, you're going to go to the ends of the earth, he probably didn't quite think what that meant was he'd end up in prison in Rome the centre of the world, where the gospel would go out to the ends of the earth. We don't want a life like this, but sometimes this is the life that God gives us. And it's a fight, it's a struggle. But he describes it as as a good fight, a good fight. It's a good struggle because it's God's cause. It's for the sake of the kingdom and it's for the sake of the gospel. Being saved doesn't mean an easy life, but it means that we enter into a battle. We have enemies as Christians. The enemy is sin of the devil and of the flesh. It's a battle, but it's a good battle. As I was saying to the children, where are we going to end up after the battle? We're going to end up in God's home. And in God's home, there are plenty of rooms for everyone. And there, in God's home, we will live at peace with each and every one of us. It's going to be wonderful. The Holy Spirit now dwells and lives inside of us and helps us fight. And there will be losses and there will be victories. But it's a, it's a good fight. We've been watching the Olympics. Have you been watching the Olympics? Yeah? Seen all the different races? You've been watching the Olympics? You're nodding, you'll nod at everything, won't you? Yeah? Watch the Olympics, it's been great, hasn't it? Been watching the rugby, it's been great, hasn't it? Been watching the football, let's say no more. But if you've been watching the sport, it's been wonderful, is not it? Seeing all this sport in action and, and seeing, the, seeing them win medals or, or seeing them win trophies or, or seeing a match with a crowd and being able to get behind them, it, it's been great. But all Olympians know that that their sport is is a, like a stepping stone isn't it? All Olympians know that their sport is a stepping stone all, all all sporting stars know that they can only do their sport for a certain amount of time it's a it's a stepping stone. you remember uh, Wimbledon this year and you remember the 18 the year old emma i can 't pronounce her surname. You know the one i 'm talking about she was doing fantastic and and it was a stepping stone wasn't it and i and I, I quite like my tennis. I, I can't play it, but I like it. I remember growing up watching Boris Becker, and uh, loved watching Boris Becker because he was young and he'd throw himself on the court and he'd roll around. That's the kind of tennis player I enjoy watching. So I started watching the tennis, and I started watching this young lady Emma, and I thought, well, this is really, really good. So I, so I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll invest some time in this, and I'll, and I'll, 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 I'll watch it. And I, I, uh, I saw her win the match, and I thought, right, the next match is on at this time. I'm going to. I'm going to get myself sorted, I'm going to clear my work schedule and I'm going to sit down and watch the match. So I sat down and watched the match. Already, I think Sean was doing something else and we were sitting down and watching the match, I was sitting down watching the match and i thinking, this is great and, I, and, and she was breezing through it and I was thinking, this is brilliant. And I was, got to the end of the match and I was thinking, this is match point, match point now. Is she going to do it? And she, she served and I can't remember exactly what happened but she won the match. And as she won the match, and I looked at the person that lost the match, I think she took her hat off, walked over, something like that. And I thought, you know, when you get a terrible sense of deja vu, a terrible sense of deja vu. And I was looking at this, thinking, sure, I've seen someone like this before. Until I realized that I'd spent the last two hours watching a replay of the match I'd already watched the day before. They didn't put that little word replay. And I was sitting there watching, thinking, this looks awfully familiar. This looks awfully familiar. I'm sure I've seen something like that before. And I realized that I was watching the wrong match, that I was a complete waste of time, that I was investing in the wrong thing. And the match that I was going to watch was going to be two hours later. What a waste of time. Do you ever feel like that as a Christian, that you've wasted your time? That you've done something and you, you've, think, you've just thought, what? a waste or you've you've done a job but it didn't work out and you said what a waste remind yourself what Paul says to the church of Rome he says this and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the spirit because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God and we know that for those who love God all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. He says, you know what the will of God is? That all things work together for good to those that love God. There is no such thing as a waste of time. There is no part of our lives that God cannot use for our good even the things that we think, well, I, I wish I, I never, God can use those things too. And it forms all part of the fight, the struggle. But it is a struggle that is good because it is for God and for the cause of the gospel. You see, as Paul struggled, he was being made to be more Christ-like. And as you and I struggle, that is what God is doing. He's at work by his spirit and he's making to be more like Christ. He's teaching us about patience. He's teaching us about paying attention that, you know, that really was really. (laughs) He's teaching us about being more aware of ourselves and being more aware of him. And so God uses all things, things that are unique to us and a fight that is unique to us only to make us more like him. I said to the children, the sand. If you can never find an identical grain of sand. They're all different, aren't they? And we're all different, made in God's image. And we all have our own different fights. And we're not meant to compare with, with this person or that person, because to be honest, they'll never really understand. But the Lord does. And Paul, he he was saying he had a good fight and he didn't surrender and it was worth it, it as for what God was doing in and through him. Secondly, he says, I've, I finished the race. I finished the race. It's been lovely seeing all these medals. I, 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 do, you know, do you know how many medals we won in total in, no, no, see? That's another mass question. Okay, find that out later. But this, this medal winning business, this trophy winning business, it, it's fascinating, isn't it, that, that from a really, really young age, okay, see right here on this front row, we could have the next gold medalist. okay. The youngest gold medalist is now 13 years old. How old are you? Get training, okay. Get training, okay. But one more year, get training if you're going to beat that record. But they, they train from a young age, don't they? They they're disciplined, they commit everything towards it and mums and dads have got to transport them and take them to, to this show, that show, this contest, that competition. But they, but they all think this as well, it, it's for this temporary glory. It's for this temporary glory where they, where they race in such a way where it's for a medal that they know they can only achieve in a certain time frame because that's the peak of their sport. Paul, he's... He's finished his, his ministry. He's completed it. He's saying, I, the time of my departure has, has come. He knows he's, he's about to die. And there's a, there's a temporary nature to, to athletics and to, to sport. But here is something that Paul has been competing for, that has been racing in. And it's not just for something that lasts for a short period of time. It's for eternity. It's to glorify God and for the cause of the the gospel. And Ephesians 2 reminds us that all of us are part of this ministry. All of us have been saved by grace if we have put our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And if we put our faith in him, he's given us gifts of works of service. And the course that the Lord sets out for each and every one of us will be different. And the course that The Lord set out for Paul will not be the course that he set out for Timothy and will not be the course that's set out for you and will not be the course that's set out for me. But each and every one of us has been given gifts to serve out the course that the Lord has set us on. But that's not always obvious, is it? When you watch these sporting legends kind of play a rugby match and they they, they play it. What do they say afterwards? They, they, say, they say things like this, and the commentators say things like this. They say, what you saw, what you saw then, when you saw that brilliant then, that's what we did on the training ground. What you saw in this match was what they saw on the training ground. What you see in 80 minutes is not everything. What you see in the 80 minutes is what they've done for the last week, or two weeks, or the last month in training. You're seeing just a, a glimpse of the real stuff, the stuff that's gone behind closed doors. And sometimes, as Christians, we compare ourselves and we say, "Well, well, well I'm not like this, or uh, I'm not like him, or I'm not like her, or, or I can't stand up the front, and I'm I'm not a preacher, or, or well, I can't do this." But, but actually, none of that matters. What matters is this: is what is it that the Lord has set out for you? What is the race that the Lord has set out? for you and no one might see it but that doesn't matter because that's the course that the lord has set out for you notice in, in here when he says i have finished the race he nobody else is mentioned one well, corinthians race is mentioned again that it and it says this do you not know that all the runners in a stadium complete, compete but only one receives the prize so run to win each competitor must exercise self-control in everything. They do it to receive a perishable crown, but we wear an imperishable crown, so I do not run uncertainly or box like one who hits only air. In 1 Corinthians, he talks about other competitors, but, but do you notice in this that he doesn't talk about anyone else? There's no other competitors. There's no other Christians. There's no other comparison. It's just It's just him and the race that the Lord has marked out for him. We're not... We're not competing with anyone else here. We're simply to set out and to ask, what is the Lord calling me to do? And how do I run and complete the race that he has given to me and not give up? My friends, there is a, there is a crown in store for, for each Christian. It's going to be wonderful to meet Jesus and to be with him as we finish the race. He's fought the good fight. He's finished the race. And finally, he, he's kept the faith. He's kept the faith. He writes earlier about others who have deserted him or gone by the wayside. There are others who are who were, who were on this tight and narrow road. But, but they've, they've erred. They've, they've got distracted. They've got sidetracked. They've, they've gone off to other things. They've gone off to other myths. They've strayed from the truth. Remember Peter when he said to Jesus before Jesus was crucified, he said, look, I'll never disown you. I'll, I'll never do that. And then what happens? He disowns Jesus three times. We might say, well, we'll, we'll never stray off the gospel, but we can. And here is not Paul saying, look, I, I've done everything right. I've kept the faith. I, I've done it all right. No, no, he's saying, look, um, there's transparency here. You, you can look at my life and I've been transparent with it where I've fall short, I've confessed to falling short, where where I've got it right, I've I've got it right. I'm not perfect. He's not saying he's perfect. He's kept the faith. But he he stayed on that, that true course of being saved by faith, not of works. And that is, if you're a Christian, what you've been saved by, not of works, but putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ who came to this world to live the life that you and I could never live to die the death he did not deserve. And he was put to death, not because of his sin, but for ours. And then on the third day, he was raised to life. He ascended into heaven and that is the gospel. That is the good news. And that is the good news that, that Paul was entrusted with. That is the good news that he was preaching to whoever he could speak to. And that is the faith that we are to hold and that is the faith that we are to declare. And he did that. And you couldn't kind of accuse him of, of kind of twisting things. Elijah loves watching Formula One, and occasionally I sit down and watch it with him. And I only prefer the controversial races. But if you hear Formula One and you hear about the controversy recently, and, and we'll say, well, did he do this or did he do that? You know, maybe he pushed in and he shouldn't have pushed in. And you hear all this kind of big conversation or big drama about who did what. Well, Paul could say, well, I, I didn't twist it. I didn't use it for personal gain, but it's transparent. He's kept the faith. And for us, as we're reacting to this, we're called to stay close to the gospel. For only in the gospel, there is only one gospel. And the way we declare that to others, the way we teach our children, and the way we raise them up, we're to be reminded that if we stay close to this gospel, there is a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to us on that day. My friends, as I come to close, there there is an end point to all of this. As he was writing this, he was saying there's an end point to his life. And there is an end point to all of our lives. There is an end point to all of creation. And one day, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to return and he is going to re create and make everything renew. He's going to renew everything. And he's going to come and he's going to say, well, uh, there's going to be a new heaven and there's going to be a new earth and, and there'll be no more tears, there'll be no more death, there'll be no more sadness, there'll be no cry. And I am going to make everything new. And until then, are we satisfied with what the Lord has given to us? Paul was coming to the end of his life And rather than grumbling and saying, look, I'm in jail. When's life going to be normal again? He's saying, look, I'm I'm satisfied. I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And I'm looking forward to meeting Jesus. Are you satisfied with God's care in your life? Are you looking at what God is doing in your life? Not what God's doing in other people's lives, as good as that is. Are you satisfied with what God's doing in your life? Are you content with it in the sense that you don't just want what God is doing now, but you want more of what God is going to do? Are you going to be like Caleb, who when they were looking at entering the promised land, he was saying, listen, I'm 85 years old, just like Nigel Clifford. I am as strong as the day as I was 40. Are we going to be content with the race and the road that the Lord is laying out for us? And will we keep fighting the good fight? Will we keep running the race? And will we keep on keeping the faith that has been entrusted to us?